0: Well hey there, welcome to For The Record episode number 46, happy Wednesday, Uh, we are back after technically a week off, Uh, I just, it, it wasn't an intentional week off, there was just a lot of shit going on on the business side of things, I had shows and photos that I've still barely edited from a show last week because there are 1700 files and I'm not only a photographer, so... There you have it. But those photos will be going live very soon on the Shameless website, www.shamelesspromo.net. Uh, they're photos from Super City Fest 2016, an EDM festival that took place in Oakland, California, at Oco Coliseum. It was so much fun. It was seriously so awesome. There, um, it was. The night was. It was headlined by uh, DJ Snake, um, but there was performances by Carnage. Uh, personal favorite Skrillex took and fucking dominated the entire show. Um, just, and, and it's hard to explain to someone when they're like, how do you dominate a show? Like when you're just DJing, if you play the right songs, you play the right mixes and you do it in a, in the correct I'm sorry. Not correct isn't the right word. In in just a in a unique way that's different from everybody else. And I, I love hearing like big festival like whatever is considered big room house music or trap or whatever it is. It's just I don't listen to it on my own, but um all the time. But it's it's still very fun to watch live. To watch they see if people just go insane over um over music. It's just really cool. Um, but Skrillex was very unique in the sense that. He mixed in rock songs, like, and not just like, like, there was a uh, an artist I saw where they just uh played, um, uh, what do you call it? Sorry, that is my phone going off. Uh, they threw in, like, a Sum 41 song, I believe is what it was. It was, like, uh, uh... They played. I forget if it was an EDM act or if it was a hip hop act, but they threw in uh, Fat Lip by Sum41, but they literally just layered it over. Um, Fuck, it might have been Skrillex. I can't even remember at this point. Either way, even if it was him, it didn't hit well because it was just. It just felt like something that was just kind of thrown in there. If. Yes, it was Skrillex. I do remember this. So this is ironic that I'm saying how he killed it this time, but he did, and he absolutely did. There was one time when I saw him a little while ago where it was, um, he threw in "Fat Lip" in his set by Sum 41, and it was, it was, it was cool, but it didn't, it didn't hit well. Like I, I wasn't huge into it um, because it was literally just a song. It wasn't like, it wasn't mixed in with. Whatever was going on, it was just kind of thrown in there, and it was cool, but it wasn't wasn't my favorite. This time, he threw in like little rock riffs would be in there, or uh, vocal melodies, or and then he threw in something uh, that was he threw in right before a drop um, the little off-to-never-never-land line from Enter Sandman, and then threw that back into a very heavy, like, dubstep-filled track. And it was fucking awesome the way that he pulled it up. And I think that at the time I saw him, it was maybe kind of the test run of trying to see what you can throw in with to mix rock and dance music in that sense, but whatever he did and whatever has happened since the time that I saw it, he pulled it off in that respect, and it was it was fantastic. So, well done, my friend. Um, and, yeah, it was just a lot of—it it, it was a very fun day. It was a long day, but it was very fun, and I got to photograph um, a wonderful duo uh, by the name of Cruella, really, really sweet group of girls, um, and I, a friend of mine works with their management team and asked me to come out and um, said, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, get you stage pass, all that good stuff. And um, it, it was a lot of fun. And, and they were, they were super, super, I was so painfully shy to say hi or say anything, but uh, they liked the photos from everything that I saw, the ones that I've sent over thus far and showed them thus far. Um, I've got a lot more to go through, um, but I'm very excited for everyone, uh, to check them out, so they'll be up, um, I'm hoping to get them up by Friday, there's a lot of, there's a lot of files, as I've said before, there's like 1700, so, which is probably more than any other festival I've ever done, even Warp Tour, uh, but it'll be, uh, They'll be cool. I'm, I'm, I'm confident in it, and I'm excited uh, for everyone to see them. Anyway, this episode, um, which was supposed to go up last week, but is now going up today instead, so we're going to do three episodes this week, one today, one tomorrow, and one Friday. Today's was really unique, and I was kind of stoked when I got the pitch for this. It was to interview two comedians on a podcast, um, two comedians, Rob Hayes and Chris Daniels, and it was for a podcast they do each week called The Book of Yeh. And I was looking at the title and I'm like, there's no way, there's no way they actually did this. And they fucking did. It is a podcast that's all about Kanye West and it was really cool to chat with them. But let me me explain this first. And we talk about this a lot in the episode because I asked them about their thoughts on, um, obviously on Kanye West and his role. I am not the biggest hip hop fan. I respect it but I'm not the biggest hip-hop fan and I think that came from not only me being involved in like rock music when I was younger I think that was a big part of where that came from but as time went on I really like although at high school I really didn't like the genre but uh, there were there were a couple little favorites and tracks that I would find that I'd be like oh this is this is okay but I openly said like I don't like Kanye West I really I really don't like him I don't think he's uh, like a musician or whatever. I was, as time went on, extremely wrong um, in this statement because he really is like on the. You can say whatever you want about him as a person. One, we don't know him, like personally, unless you are a friend of his. Then you can, like, say what you want about him. Um, but it's one of those things where musically, he's fucking fantastic and he is as far as hip-hop goes yes he is a musical genius i will go as far to say that my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is one of the best records i've ever heard in my life and i will openly go on record to say that i it was so different from everything that i'd heard hip-hop wise um when I was really starting to explore that genre, and I was like, "Holy shit, who is this?" Because it was, it was far different from uh, just anything that I'd heard before. So I was really it. It caught my attention when this podcast was pitched to me, when or when the the comedians who host it were pitched to me, uh, Robin, and Chris, and we had a great talk about not only Kanye, but just about uh, hip hop and pop culture and all that stuff. And it, it it was really great to chat with them and to. Talk with someone who wasn't, and, and I do, I love all my rock friends. I love them dearly. But to sometimes, when you hear, like, oh, fuck that artist, I, I would never want to talk with him, the, the conversation can't really go anywhere. And you just really can't do anything about it. So it was nice to talk with someone who could hold a conversation about this topic. And for that, I sincerely appreciate their time. Please go and subscribe to the Book of Ye podcast on iTunes. It, it's fucking great, and you'll you'll really get a kick out of it. Um, just uh, just with with the character study and 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 what they talk about with him. So um, it was fascinating to me. So without further ado, here is episode number forty six of For the Record with the Book of Ye. Rob Hayes and Chris Daniels. Enjoy. Hey Rob uh, this is Jared um, I think both of the I think we're both merged right now um, I think yeah, yeah awesome what's up Chris what up man how you guys doing <laughs>
1: good
0: awesome um, well thank you guys so much it's uh uh uh, Chris is just telling me about the all the delays and all that stuff um, that Delta was having. and It sounded like it really sucked. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that, but I'm hopefully well, yeah, everything's worked it was out.
2: like a big computer malfunction. Like uh, my sister works at Delta, and she she was set. So damn. Yeah. Oh, that's if, insane. If the flight attendants don't know when they're getting home, that's not a good
0: sign. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's never, that's never the best indicator of how, of of kind of wh- how, kinda how, yeah, kind of how everything's gonna go. Um, well, thank you guys very much for being on uh, the podcast and for talking. Uh, basically, I don't know how much was pitched to you, but it's just kind of, um, this is a podcast essentially, um for I guess creative types is how I'm kind of billing it because I used to do just a lot of music stuff and now I'm bringing on comedians, writers, actors, uh, like all sort of all encompassing, I guess, creative world, if that more makes sense. And, um, your podcast was pitched to me. Um, and I went ahead and listened to it. I've definitely never listened to a podcast in, uh, that that's a, you guys control a very, um, niche market. I I guess you could say, (laughs) yeah um yeah yeah when did you guys come up with um i i guess how did how did you come up with the idea to do a podcast like this
1: i'm not feeling you want to take it like um
2: <laughs> 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 we're way better at this on our podcast. yeah uh, we're usually better together <laughs> uh I would say the day we met, we had a conversation because uh, Chris was trying to do like a case study on, and he was trying to like make like a like a play about like the different stages of Kanye's life, but like through the different aesthetic changes of his uh, art or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I was. <laughs> i was like have you seen this interview have you seen that have you seen this video have you seen that and like i think like my like in en- encyclopedic knowledge of kanye just kind of started to shine and then uh i don't know we just decided one day that we should make it make this a podcast
1: that's yeah that's pretty much it it was uh like trying to think of how to do a play which i've never done before is like incredibly hard and like way bigger idea than i was into but rob kept coming like i had the appreciation for kanye and then rob just had like all these little details that were just like these interesting factoids that i feel like like only like a small percentage of people know like all that and like but it was all beneficial to learning so and then through that we just got to a point out there. I'm pretty sure Rob just said it like pretty much blatantly out loud was like, let's just, we should just do a podcast. And then that was like, then it kind of took off. And then, we, uh, I had got linked up with forever dog, which had just started planning for like their own podcast network. And we were late. We weren't even supposed to be part of the roster of podcasts. They had already had the full like eight, but then we pitched them the, the idea and they loved it. So then they let us just hop on board and we just, kind of
0: flew from there that's great um well i mean it's i i listened to an episode of it um and i I, it's fascinating i mean it it really is fascinating i'm i guess musically i'm i'm much more on i'm i'm far more on like the rock side of things but i'm still Mm -hmm. fast i'm still fascinated by other genres and by other characters and he's he's certainly one of the characters that i've um always been very interested in in terms of like just i mean you got you guys you guys cover it the best um hold on i think there was a weird noise on my side on the okay cool there we go um yeah no i i feel like you guys cover it best but i mean like what kind of i mean what
1: sounds like somebody's getting eaten by a monster
0: really okay so that's not just on my side okay
2: I'm sorry. I'm I'm outside. I uh, got held up
1: by openings um, and
0: stuff. But oh, no worries. You're fine. <laughs> um, I was gonna I was gonna ask you guys: Is there anything? Uh, like, I, I guess how does how does your research go about for doing stuff like this? Because like I, I listened to I think it was I think it was the most recent one that I listened to where you were talking about just different interviews and different things that you were kind of. Um, just kind of recapping and talking about and, and much like a case study would uh, how do you guys go about doing your research do you kind of assign it do you is it like um like I guess if that makes sense
1: <laughs> um let's see I'm sorry I can't I can't get over how it sounds like Riley and <laughs> in like Grand Theft Auto 5 right now <laughs> uh it's my life right now yo <laughs> um
2: uh, I would say that uh, as far as the research, like um, the samples, we go to whosample.com is really good. Um, but sometimes they don't have everything. Sometimes uh, people have made like, like tapes with um, all the samples or sometimes there's like a sample train. So maybe like other songs have taking uh, maybe certain pieces and so, you know, or, or there's different uh, forums where people ask ask uh, Yahoo Answers and people are like, hey, you know, when he performs live and, like, who is that saying you all look like beautiful stars tonight? And then we found out, you know, like, oh, okay, that's from, like, this live Rick James performance, you know, and just, like, different stuff like
1: that.
0: Yeah yeah and every episode
1: like we uh like we do like a rundown every episode just kind of where we where we explain like for the song we definitely do like the lyrics the sample the video uh any other thing that's like affiliated with it directly uh and then that like the guests and like we kind of get more time to do all the research on our own before we even sit down and talk and then all the news that happens you know, like if stuff happens in the news and we're going to talk about it, if you're reading about it, like that kind of can link you to other stuff yeah. in the past or whatever. But, yeah, that's all, all the research is kind of like planned out nice. in the same basic
0: format. In terms of doing...
2: Anything that's outside of the video and the lyrics and the beat, though, is pretty, pretty much just from our memory. Like nice. stuff that we remember, different interviews we remember, different things that we've read. Different things that we've seen, or you know, that he's that Kanye might have said, like influenced him, or you know, so like anything that's outside of the actual music and
1: music video is just stuff that we remember. Right. Because sure. it's because I, I think like a lot of it, especially, is like these different like times when like I'm, like me and Rob are like like basically like kids and teenagers you know so it's like a lot of anything like affiliated with like hip-hop or our lives around then kind of gets sucked into what we talk about
0: oh yeah um i was so in terms of doing this case study and being i, I guess i guess being this far and with this number of episodes um thus far um uh, what have you guys, I guess what have you guys kind of learned about him as a character and kind of, I mean, it's it's very evident. He has a lot of these, uh, you've seen, I mean, he's a brilliant musician in wh- how, whatever. I've, I've talked to people who like hate him, but I'm like, all right, you can hate him, but you can't deny it. He's he's really good at what he does. Like you have to admit that. And eventually, eventually most of the time they do. But I guess what have you guys learned about him as a person in terms of I mean without having met him of course but in, ter- in terms of the research you've done what have you learned about and I guess maybe come to a consensus about um, surrounding Kanye West uh, I can go
1: I think I think when I came into this like I said I had a I, I had an appreciation for Kanye already just as like a fan of like of the music but I know I remember like when I came into this I was like well I don't really care how much like, about the fashion as much as I think or you know some of the stuff in the news isn't really stuff I research all the time but uh, you know the more research and things we talk about like not only do I get more learn more about the music like I get I get through this I get uh, links to songs and things that I didn't know about different music um, from like the past like way like way back in the day that I didn't know about that I know about now uh, some of the things like like fashion or whatever like some of the stuff like oh I didn't even know I liked these shoes but like you get a look at it I'm like alright it's like a whole new thing opening up for me or even even in like some of like the news like this whole like the Taylor Swift situation which is just like kind of like on the surface like a funny celebrity like do thing, but there's like underlying interesting things in there that say a lot about like society and things that you know I just wasn't thinking about before yeah. So I was and, and it's just like the appreciation is only greater now. Like good or bad, you feel that like the appreciation is like greater for what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um uh what was I gonna ask? What did you guys think about and, and I'll take this question a little bit of a step further. What did you guys think of the life of Pablo um as a record and what do you guys think it represents I I guess for this point in in his career? from uh, i guess kind of i i felt it was i felt it was very different but i'm curious to hear what your, your guys' take on it was
2: um i think the life of pablo is like ever changing and i think with each version you know you're actually seeing like the process i think Kanye working with Rick Rubin is really like uh really like made, changed his outlook on like uh, production and if you look at like his music before Jesus, it's a lot of layers. it's a lot of sounds on top of sound you know like we we discovered this tone that was on Monster that I don't think you know we ever really heard until we just really paid attention to it because it's in like the foreground but those kind of things don't happen on Jesus and beyond because it's it's all scaled down to only the things that you need. And I feel like the life of Pablo executes it in a way that's more appeasing to people, but I think it's very similar to Jesus in that it's very scaled down to like the minimum.
0: I'd agree with that. I'd I'd really agree with that in terms of like the simplicity of things like even uh, what was the track um on Black Skinhead I think uh, yeah that from Yeezus that was I I think that's one of the best tracks in my opinion that I think he's ever put out but but you're right about that it's so simplistic there's not a lot of layers and like there would be on an album like Graduation or on 808s and Heartbreaks or something like that so Mm -hmm. I I agree with that right um it's, I think it's just interesting I, I, and I think another thing that you were saying as well about the progression um, why do you think he keeps in your opinion why do you think he keeps changing it consistently because I, I think that's so fascinating to me that every uh, like all the time there's always a different there's different versions and different amendments to songs.
2: Um, I mean, why does George Lucas keep changing Star Wars? And,
0: <laughs> Fair enough. You that's because he's addicted to CGI, and, dude. You know, I mean,
2: <laughs> like, the reason we love him is also the reason that he can make us mad. You know, it's who, like, you know. The, who you know
1: love George Lucas for putting the extra monsters in Star Wars?
2: No, that's the reason he made us mad. We love him uh, because he made Star Wars. We love him because he made an Empire Strikes Back. We
0: mm-hmm. don't
2: love him because he put a music number in a new host, you know? There's no point for anybody to be performing when you go. There's no point in Han Solo not shooting first, you know? why? like why change that? He would shoot first, ask questions last, like that's that's a thing, you know? He could be that guy. Greedo, we don't know who what Greedo said.
0: Fair enough. But what, um, does,
1: but, but what does that say about Kanye? Are you saying that he's George Lucas? Or are you saying he's trying to break what George Lucas did? No, I, I'm
0: saying
2: that, yeah, I'm saying that it's the same George Lucas thing. Like, you know,
1: he, like he, like made, one, he
2: made the original Wolves, but he also made another version of Wolves that didn't have Big Mensa or, or Sia, you know? And
1: wasn't I mean... Head.
2: If you love wolves, you love you love the original wolves, and it hurts you even that much more to you know hear hear that that big Mensa part was not in the song. That sea part was not in the song. You know.
0: I think it's interesting that um, one of, or not one of the, a a few of the people that I've heard in, because I've watched many an interview of, of his before, ones that have been really great and then ones that have just, I mean, obviously, we've, that have been not so great. But one of the things that I've found fascinating about him is the people that are his, I guess, his heroes that I always hear him reference, like people like Walt Disney, people like Steve Jobs. Do you think, do you guys think that he is on the level of, Uh, a creator like that and maybe i mean not necessarily in terms of the entire world but maybe at least in terms of the world of hip-hop
2: totally if you if you really study the people that he's talking about and you really study like the fact that he's sampling and then you see like what wise is you see that like you know the Mickey Mouse wasn't necessarily drawn by Walt Disney, but it's the symbol of Walt Disney. Yeah. You start to realize that these guys, you know, might not necessarily, they are creative, but they aren't, you know, the creative, but they are the curators of what people gravitate towards. Yeah. And, you know the the more you the more you look at you know Walt Disney and, and these out uh, then the more you realize that like Kanye is definitely doing that and if you look at like what's happening with Beatles right now like like it's like it's getting insane like the way people are just even like looking at like like. The, the, all the shoes that are popular right now have like no branding on them. Very minimal branding. You know, more more about textures, more about like like the technology and it all can be like all that can be traced back to the like the Yeezy 350 ships and the Yeezy 750 ships. when you look at those shoes and like the Adidas branding is like on the inside. Like up to 750 and the 350 it's black on black on suede you almost have to brush the suede to see the like tree for a logo yeah and, like they've taken that and you know these professional designers have taken you know that that concept that idea and, and went every place and now like their the market share is going crazy they have one of the most successful years they've ever had and a lot of that is because of the ideas of, of one person. Now whether Kanye is the one who said we should do that or he chose the person who said we should do that. Either way, that's exactly what he's
1: talking about. Yeah, because it's like like somebody else could have had some kind of like idea for like what a shoe should look like or whatever but but Kanye is the one who can implement it and deliver it to the masses and make it you know popular and like when, so when they look at it what it like what do they think about you know it's, it's like a Kanye thing and that just kind of trickles down into everything and it's kind of cool to watch it happen like in slow motion or just watch it like over years when people just kind of like question it then you see what it becomes and so like, you kind of get what he's talking about with, like, with, like a status. Because I don't think, like, when he's mentioning people like Walt Disney or, or anybody else, or Steve Jobs, like, I don't think they're necessarily, like, heroes, but, like, they're icons in a way that, like, very mm-hmm. few can aspire to be or in or aspire to have, like, that level of influence.
0: Yeah. what? Why is it then that we because I, I I'm agreeing with everything you guys are saying and I've um, I've I've talked about this with so many people I've had I've had several conversations that have gone That have like actually gone nicely and and very have been very civil about this um, About this guy, but at the same time, it's like why isn't the public at the first like at the first glance of hearing an idea that he has or maybe a different spin that he has on a record, why isn't everybody jumping at it immediately? Like, I, I guess, what is it? Is it his his presence and the way that he comes off in an interview? Is it, do you think, like, I'm just, what do you think is kind of the factor behind that as to why people aren't like immediately jumping at his ideas and it's kind of the trickle-down effect? Mm, I
1: guess... You have like a, a variety of things. If, if if you're thinking about like why people might hear him in an interview and kind of be like tuned out, I mean, it makes like it makes some people like uncomfortable. Uh, but that's not, I mean, that's just more of a, that's kind of more of a you problem at this point. And there's some things that like I would say, even as a fan, like I'm not all the way t- like, down with everything. Not everything's for me, but I can appreciate the artistic oh, yeah. endeavors and, and and that thing. Like, like you can you could have you could have both. Like, you don't have to be down for exactly everything, but if you you can appreciate what you can get out of it. Oh, overall, yeah. it's like if you're if you're a fan, like that's that's what it is.
0: Did you guys happen to see the interview that he did on Ellen DeGeneres? Because I'm I'm really curious to hear your thoughts behind. Whether it was really as crazy and as out there and and, and wild as everyone said it was.
2: Yeah, is in the building.
0: <laughs> 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 Thank you. <Hands> <laughs> I I think
1: it's only crazy if you see what like edited clips people put up on the internet. Yeah, because there's, there's, yeah. there's so many of them. If if you saw a video and it was three minutes long, then you didn't see the right video yeah uh you got you got to see the extended edition yeah and like that's a that's a passionate dude like 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 saying his shit on daytime tv uh (laughs) it's 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 cool i mean the thing is it's all all honest and like the more stuff i get to see you get to see a little bit more how how honest and out there and like like there it is and it's not always gonna be pretty but there's a, a lot of truth in it. There's a lot of passion. If you're like an artistic person, like like me or you know, like Rob is or anything, like there's a huge level of appreciation for that. And he's, I mean, like, you you listen closely. Like, he's not wrong about a lot of things.
2: But, like, if you, if you, sometimes when he's not all the way cohesive for people, that's on purpose. Like, sometimes he muddles the message because he doesn't want to, like, create the wrong moment. So, in that Ellen interview, he starts to go and talk about his feelings about Chris Rock and the Oscars. Mm -hmm. But because he doesn't want to make that the headline, because Chris Rock is a peer is, someone he looks up to is someone that he respects. There's a lot else that's in there so that that's not the thing. But there's definitely clearly like he did not agree with the way Chris Rock handled the Oscars, but that's not made into a headline because he also had other moments that, that people, you know,
0: could take it run with. Yeah. It's almost like he gives
2: gives like the the block things that they can run with and he also says you know how he's feeling in an honest way without that being what's taken out of context.
0: Yeah. I think It's like It's
2: like being out of control for the ultimate control.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think that After seeing that interview, because I saw the full thing first, like straight, like, because I saw the headline go up, and then it was, I think it was on, I think it was on Facebook, and it was a full, it was a long interview, it wasn't just like the three minute clip, and I watched it, and I was like, okay, that didn't sound weird, I mean, it was, it was funny, like, when he got up and started running around and all that stuff, like, that was, it was funny to me, and then, all these people that were on my—I think it was either on Twitter or Facebook—they were posting. They were like, "Wow, fuck this guy! This guy is so weird and everything." And I was like, "All right." And I started watching the video, and it was like you just said—it was all these edited, cut-down clips. Like they were rearranging the order of them, so it looked really yeah, odd. And I'm like, "Oh, that—it—it kind of—it kind of infuriated me because the internet took something completely out of context. Like, do you think that—do <laughs> you think that that might be?" kind of another, I mean, obviously than stuff where he's maybe kind of been a wild card at moments. Do you think that the internet and the way that people are able to, like, really be able to edit and make any point of view they want something that, it, that could be a factor as to maybe why people don't really like, jump at him the way that we think it is? Or do you think it's, I mean, I'm I mean, not sure.
1: You gotta look at the internet. Not just internet, just like media and entertainment, like media, or yeah, whatever, that's a better is way to say. Is
0: they,
1: is they they like to build and create narratives. Yeah, so and, they the need, thing, and they need and
2: they need sound bites.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they need like and you the you need to create fuel for consumption for the people that are on the internet today. So, what's the best way to do that? Is you 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 nitpick and you and you create something that suits what you want it to say or the message you want to present and you just throw it out there in the fire and it'll just, once it catches flame, like I mean, then it's, it's really like no stopping it because from there it just gets manipulated over and over again.
0: It's like a benefit. It's, it's like a blessing and a curse for whoever is on this, the side that has said well, something. Yeah. But that's like, yeah.
1: that's like, that's like, a universal celebrity thing.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I just I, f- I find him very fascinating, and I was I was very impressed by um, the the level of depth and a l- level of research you guys go to in your podcast. Um, so and it, it's enjoy it's very enjoyable to listen to. Um, I wanted to I guess we'll we'll wrap this up and we'll bring this to a close. Generally, this is a question that I ask. I ask this to musicians and I ask this to um, songwriters. Um, as a way to close it, but I think it can still be applied here because we're talking about music. But uh, this is a general question I close every interview with and it's pretty basic. It's what does music mean to you?
2: Oh, man. That's a loaded question. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Yep. For me, I mean, I mean, for me, music is like so much of my identity, so much of like, uh, you know, I mean, when I, I feel like I was raised on on VH1 special, and like, you know, when that that clip of Diddy saying, you know, hip hop is like the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you dress, like I, I really took that to heart. Um, when I was in middle school, I was obsessed with Golden Age rap, rap from I only wanted to hear rap from 1986 to 1989, and that's how I dressed. That's like, that's how like I like I talked, That's how I walked around. I mean, everything was just like, you know, if it if it wasn't Kim if it wasn't Run DMC, if it wasn't the Beastie Boys, it wasn't Public Enemy, I didn't want to hear. It. And through that, I I was able to like build like I guess a standard for what I wanted from my hip hop artist. And I was disappointed you know, throughout high school until basically until Kanye West came out. And then that it seemed like, mean, that like changed TV? everything. I I hated that whole era. The whole gangster era, like that's what we talked about in the first episode, is like there were two types of rappers before Kanye. There were rappers that wore Koofies and rappers that wore <laughs> durag. And the rappers that wore Koofies were like conscious and you know, they talked about, you know, uh, you know, uplifting black people or you know, uh, or black women and you know, they were you know, they they was they were I guess the other, but they didn't have the hits, they were never played in the parties or never played at the clubs. you know, you only saw their videos, you know, at the in the daytime or but then you had the do rags and those are the guys, they'd be on MTV and BET. They had the big cars, they had the chains, they had the catchy hooks. They had, you know, they had the songs that everybody knew all the words to, you know. And and Kanye was the first, you know, who was had both Koofy and Durant. He was, you know, he was conscious, he was talking about, you know, real things, but at the same time he had hooks that people sang, he had lyrics that people knew, he had a chain on, you know, he was he was just something that was new and that it whether you were in either world you could appreciate.
0: Awesome. Definitely. And then um yeah, that I, that was that was a perfect way to close it. I mean, does that sum up? I guess for both of you, what you feel, or does? I mean, does everybody have? I mean, I feel like that was a pretty mean, good. I summary. mean,
1: rather definitely, like just a way bigger, like all around music head. Like his his knowledge is is, is crazy. I don't even know how he keeps it all in there. <laughs> um, I really don't. It's
2: crazy. Uh, I mean, like, but a lot of my music taste goes back to like like looking up samples. Like a lot of it is just me, like trying to find out where these sounds came from. And then another part of it is my parents are are real into music. My my mom's real into soul music. My dad's real into funk music. And so through them, I was I was exposed to like a lot of music at at a young age. You know, like I. I showed my dad my Spider Man action figure, and he was like, nah, that's the P Funk sign. And he showed me like this bootsy album cover with him doing the P Funk sign. And then I was like, all right, well, I need to, I have to listen to this album now. You know, I have to see where where Spider Man is quote unquote stealing from. (laughs)
1: That's awesome, man. Mattel is stealing uh but
2: <laughs> yeah i, I, I didn't saying. know this, this <laughs> is according to my dad okay now i know stan lee created spider-man in the 60s okay but i don't know when he started in two Dick fingers Dick. huh
1: never never not credit steve Ditko for the creation of spider yo oh,
2: okay yeah. see see uh chris is in the comic book world so i don't know who drew the two fingers Damn, <laughs> and I don't and I don't but if that if that started in the 70s I'm giving George Clinton all credit I'm
0: just saying. <laughs> fair enough um but, but um
1: I would I would say that some of some of the similar things like I know for me like I had a, I had a stepdad who had like the huge CD collection vinyl collection that like I couldn't touch a lot of it but he he loved to like show it off and like like he loved to be like you don't know nothing about this like that was like <laughs> for some reason he liked to kind of rub it in but it's totally like you pick up stuff like it used to be like every week we, we would go get CDs together and I kind of lean I, I found my artist who I like through him like the, the, the Koofy crowd that they were out to talk about like that was where I leaned like mostly I thought it was cool that most death has a song about how important water is at, the, at a time when nobody like nobody gives a shit about what you're talking about uh, so so those things like it's hard to find like artists who can gravitate towards everything and you want something fun too and, and that's exactly what he's talking about or appreciation for like kind of like, like off the jump like immediately heard it and was like oh I like this like yeah. like that's where it comes in uh, but like you know for me I guess I guess in like in, in a simple answer um like music is is uh kind of like a the thing that connects me to, you know, I would say like family, but also it's the kind of like other things that I can learn in like a different way. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a big part of like the everyday you know, experience, like no, no different than I think most people
0: awesome uh robin chris it was it was so great to talk to you guys um i again love the podcast um i'm really excited for our listeners to check this out as well and um it was a pleasure talking to you guys thank you again
2: oh man it was great to talk to you as well awesome man
0: thank you
1: so much for having us
0: of course all right. I now, will get... I,
1: now I realize I got a cool rattle on Spider-Man, but it's cool. Uh, thank
0: you. <laughs> no worries. Um, I will get this up as soon as possible, and I will send it along your way once it is ready to go.
1: Cool. Thanks, man. Awesome.
0: Cool. You guys have a great rest of the day, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. Take care. Bye. You too. For more episodes of For the Record and many more like this, please go to iTunes and hit the subscribe button on the For the Record podcast. In addition, you can check out the podcast and much more content at www.shamelesspromo.net. Thanks for listening.